Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yes, folks. It is the first day of August, however, and summer is soon to end up being gone, at least for another year, however, but we're not gone, however. No, no. We're just getting started here on Wrestling Revisited for episode number 85 for Tuesday night, August the 1st, 2017, 1-724-444-7044, caller ID 139926-POUND. You can join us here till just after 8 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, the man of Wrestling Revisited, the Iceman, Jared DiGiolamo, and we want to acknowledge our friend, our Mr. Patel, guest two, is in the chat box right now. Mr. Patel, welcome to episode number 85 of Wrestling Revisited. We also hope to have with us in just a little bit, however, the King of Kings, if you will, the Cerebral Assassin, the man who knows what it tells like it is without pulling punches, ladies and gentlemen, the King himself. Yes, folks, the Master of Disaster, the Cerebral Assassin, however, Captain Unicorn, the bad guy, he's all those things and then some, ladies and gentlemen, however, he is our good friend, however, and the head top heel of top heels, ladies and gentlemen, which you can listen to each and every Thursday night here on Talk Show at 14562 pounds, just after 7 o'clock, and he's also the Doc Brown to my Marty McFly, if you will, he is the bad guy, the G to the T to the S, Gerard T. Smith. And, of course, hopefully we will have Gerard on the line with us here in just a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. In the meantime, however, let's get uh, started with some news, however, that is going on in the wrestling world today. In case you did not hear, ladies and gentlemen, last night, however, Monday Night Raw was in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Quicken, excuse me, at the PPG Paints Arena. I almost said the wrong name of the arena there because SmackDown is in Cleveland, Ohio tonight in the home of LeBron James at the Big Q, with our Quicken Loans Arena, if you will. And, of course, the big match there tonight, of course, you have two exciting matches that will be getting started here just over 45 minutes from now in the city by the lake, if you will. Among the matches you will see tonight, ladies and gentlemen, for the U.S. title, it will be the phenomenal one, A.J. Styles, who just won the belt back from Kevin Owens last week, the master of the pop-up powerbomb after Kevin Owens won the belt uh, just two days before in, believe it or not, the nation's capital, excuse me, yes, the nation's capital, if you will, Washington, D.C., if you will, however, my, or excuse me, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, if you will, two days before, however, at Battleground a week ago, Sunday, however. Then, last Tuesday night, A.J. Styles won the belt back in a triple threat match against Chris Jericho after being off for a few months, referring to Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Since then, Kevin Owens has demanded a rematch, however, one more time to face AJ Styles. Coming up tonight on SmackDown, if you will, those two will come to blows in Cleveland as Shane O'Mac, the general manager of SmackDown, has made it pointed that these two will get it on one more time. And speaking of Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens has not been happy with Mr. Shane O'Mac as of late, and we understand that these two could be coming to blows once again, maybe possibly tonight in Cleveland, as there is early speculation that possibly Owens and Shane O'Mac could be locking horns in three weeks 
in Brooklyn at WWE SummerSlam at the Barclays Center. And speaking of which, the Barclays Center, of course, tickets are still available for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and of course, uh, they will be available at least through the next week, week and a half or so before they sell out. I understand that NXT is close to being sold out. Of course, the big match there coming up two weeks from uh, this coming Saturday is, of course, the NXT championship match between the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and, of course, the chosen one, Drew McIntyre. Also on the show coming up in a few weeks, you will see the longest-term women's champion, the Japanese female fighting warrior Asuka, and her 500-day reign. Could it go up in smoke against Missy Clips Ember Moon as Ember Moon hopes to set Asuka's record into the dust, however, and basically off into the sunset, however, and make a splash on the roster shortly thereafter? Or will Asuka once again retain and basically send Ember Moon out into outer space, however, and into the skies above, however, by dethroning her and staying the champion just a little longer. We'll find out, obviously, coming up uh, in just a few weeks. Also, ladies and gentlemen, how about this match? This is going to be a great match, I feel, however, for the tag team titles. It will be the Authors of Pain with their manager, Precious Paul Ellering. Akam and Rezar will be taking on the team of Sanity. Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf, and Nikki Cross. Of course, that should be a very, very interesting matchup, if you will. And, of course, we will have a couple other matches, I'm sure, listed in the coming days ahead and weeks ahead. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, game back to SmackDown. Of course, the other matchup that is going to be very interesting tonight, however, is obviously going to be a doozy. And I've been hearing about this all day. You can imagine that this one is going to be very exciting, to say the least. It will be the two-time King of Strong Style Field, the former two-time NXT champion Shinsuke Nakamura, taking on John Cena. And from what I've been hearing all day, however, we might have a surprise coming out of that match maybe tonight. However, as far as the new number one contender to Jinder Mahal's title coming up at SummerSlam in three weeks in Brooklyn. That being said, folks, we do not know yet who it could be. It could be John Cena going for another chance at the belt. Or it could be the King of Strong Style going for the biggest prize of them all, the SmackDown Heavyweight Championship, in just a few weeks. We'll have to wait and see how that all turns out. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, don't forget Top Heel will be on this Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen, at 7 p.m. with Gerard T. Smith and myself and the rest of the gang, 14562 pound. And at 9 o'clock, we'll be back with Wrestling Wolfpack with the caller ID at 138521 pound. So be sure to check that out this coming Thursday. In the meantime, coming up later on tonight, Gerard and I will have your news headlines for you beginning at 9 p.m. with Revolution at 138055 pound. John Gross will have your birthdays and dates. And then we'll be recapping what was a very interesting Raw last night in the Steel City, my hometown of Pittsburgh, if you will, as there are three weeks to go until SummerSlam. And, of course, we'll tell you what kind of things went down there last night at the Console Energy Center, now renamed the PPG Paints Arena. But speaking of Raw, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk a little bit about Raw here also tonight. I'll wrestling revisit it once again and tell you what I thought of last night's show. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up your seatbelt and get something to drink or something to eat, because we're going to have a lot to talk about here tonight on Wrestling Revisited. But before we do, here is the latest figures, ladies and gentlemen. According to reports, however, from last night's show, we understand that the television show averaged over 3.16 million viewers, according to Show Buzz Daily, if you will. The first hour of Raw, of course, averaged over 3.194 million viewers, with the second hour drawing over 3.275 million viewers. A pretty good number, to say the least. But then the final hour kind of went back down to 3.02. 
for the night. However, it still wasn't too bad. However, the overall feeding number has not been told yet, as well as last week. Uh, but we will hopefully have those numbers for you sometime tonight, however, before or sometime during the Revolution Hour meeting just after 9 o'clock. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about last night's show. As you know, Kurt Angle made his first appearance back in his hometown in a long time, however, at the WWE, and you know, got a very decent mouth pop from the hometown faithful. In fact, our Corey Graves even took a uh, further by saying it was as bigger than Mary Lemieux returning to hockey, however. Of course, Mary Lemieux, the French-Canadian great uh, Penguin superstar who won two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguin hockey team, of course, I'm sure was either in the crowd somewhere in the skybox there at the PPG Paints Arena there last night or watching it on TV, but nevertheless, Kurt Angle got a very nice response from the fans. And then who should show up but Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman? No one knew that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman were going to even be there, of course, prior to the show earlier in the day. As a result, of course, uh, before they came out, Angle told everyone how it was 21 years ago that he had won the gold medal, however, with a broken freaking neck. And, of course, the fans gave him a nice response to that, of course. I can't believe it's been 20 years, however, since Kurt won that medal, however. But uh, you've got to give the uh, hometown hero and, of course, the fellow Olympian his props. No question about it. The guy has definitely gone through hell and back over the years without question. And uh, as we said, he got a very decent response. However, Paul Heyman and Brock were not in the very best of moods, as you can tell, however. And as a result, how are they told Kurt what they thought of Kurt's big announcement from a week before? And as a result, however... Heyman told everyone, however, that if Lesnar does lose the title, however, at WWE SummerSlam, then Lesnar will leave WWE and Heyman will go with him. Heyman then said that Lesnar would not uh, want uh, Kurt Angle to screw this up if he has anything uh, in store for him. So, uh, nevertheless, this was a very good promo, however. Uh, that being said, however... Uh, it was a very interesting promo, you got to say, very unique, however, very intense uh, from both Heyman and uh, Lesnar. Uh, of course, the cat came out of the bag last Thursday that there was talk that uh, Brock Lesnar might be going back to UFC again, apparently, if he does lose the title at WWE SummerSlam. Uh, that being said, however, I would not be surprised, however, if he does, in fact, do go back to UFC. There has been talk he might be playing John Jones. Of course, John Jones calling out Lesnar last week in which... Uh, he won after uh, defeating Daniel Cormier. Lesnar, of course, responded 24 hours later saying that if he uh, wants to call him out, however, he better uh, hope uh, that he knows what he's in for, however, because if he doesn't, however, he could be in a world of pain and trouble. Uh, I thought those were very interesting comments by Lesnar. I can only imagine that those two will get it on at some point late this year, early next year, 2018. Nevertheless, our very interesting comments made by uh, Lesnar and Heyman here. However, even though Lesnar did not say anything, it was very interesting to hear what Heyman had to say. Uh, that being said, I would not be surprised, as I said before, if Lesnar does drop the title. However, mind you, however, uh, that being said, however, uh, it will be interesting to see how or what happens how in the next few weeks. However, I know uh, Lesnar has not been advertised for uh, next week's show in Toronto as of yet. Uh, however, he will be on the Monday Night Raw show before SummerSlam in two weeks in Boston. That being said, it will be interesting to see what he has to say prior to SummerSlam. Of course, we will have definitely be keeping our eyes and ears peeled on that. But uh, nevertheless, a very interesting start to start the show. And of course, I'll be talking more about what my thoughts are about this uh, coming up on Revolution. But overall, how I think if Lesnar wants to go to UFC along with Paul Lee Heyman, 
I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, this is a guy who for the last year, year and a half, couple of years, has just been stringing WWE and UFC along. I mean, here's a guy who goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, forth, back, whatever, over the last few years, Howard. And I'll tell you what, I mean, he has got to make up his decision, and I think he's got to make it up soon. And I'm not saying this to be mean and not be crude or rude or anything like that. But you know what, Howard? I think it's time that Brock Lesnar has to make a decision about his future. I really do. And uh, if he doesn't, Howard, I think he's going to be in for a world of trouble. I really do, Howard. Just not even in his checkbook, even though he's made a lot of money, mind you. But he's going to be in a lot of trouble with both WWE and UFC. I mean, I know a while back he got into trouble with UFC with that whole incident a year ago. And, of course, WWE, as you know, threw him a lifeline said, Howard, we'll let you come back in, but you got to do this and that, Howard, in uh, order to come back. And now I think WWE is going to do the same thing that UFC is doing. They're going to have to tell him he's going to have to choose one or the other. That being said... We'll have to wait and see what happens, folks, but I'll tell you what, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch here in the next few weeks. But nevertheless, this was a very intense, very good opening segment. I thought one of the better segments of the year. And once again, Paulie hit a home run, I think, with his promo driving the nail right into Kurt Angle's heart, if you will, and to the fans' heart, if you will, realizing that if uh, Brock and him uh, do not win at SummerSlam, that they're going to be leaving for SummerSlam, even though, however, we found out about this on Thursday. It's going to be very interesting to watch and see what happens in the next few weeks. Uh, so we'll definitely be watching that in more ways than one. From there, we go to the first match of the night, Matt and Jeff Hardy versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Uh, the club ended up losing again here to the Hardys before the Revival come out. Uh, that being said, I would not be surprised to see these three teams possibly going at at SummerSlam. There's been a lot of tension with all three teams as of late. Uh, even though the Hardys have lost the belts, however... Over the last little while, however, I think right now the best team out there right now, I hate to say this, and I don't mean to be mean-spirited in saying this, folks, but I'll tell you the team I think that has a great future ahead of them is uh, definitely Dash and Dawson, the Revival. I've loved these guys since the first moment I watched them. I think their Shatter Machine finisher is awesome. I think they have a crowd in the palm of their hands, even though some like them, some don't. I am a big Revival fan, and I think at some point you're going to see these guys get a shot at the tag team gold. Uh, the Hardys have had a nice run since they've come back since WrestleMania. Don't get me wrong, folks. They've had a great, great run. But I think it's time for them to step aside and let the future step up. And as far as Anderson Gallows, I think right now they have not done anything on Raw in the last little last six months. I think they need a, either a show change or at least something to do better because I'll tell you right now, they are just losing my interest more and more as they just continue to get buried by the office. And uh, unless they have plans for them to uh, get back together with AJ Styles and reform the Bullet Club at some point, however, for the years out, however, I just don't see these guys sticking around much longer in WWE. I think they're just absolutely being pissed all over, and they're just missing the boat on these guys, too. But nevertheless, I think the hottest team right now is, without question, the Revival. But nevertheless, this was a good opening matchup to start the show here last night. Uh, up next, of course, we had uh, Cruiserweight action. It was Akira Tozawa with Titus O'Neil and the Titus brand. Teaming up with Cedric Alexander, Rich Swan, of course, taking on Arya Davari, uh, TJP, and Tony Nese. You know what I've said about all these guys in the past. I do think Tozawa right now is probably one of the hottest guys in the cruiserweight division right now, even though I wouldn't say anything too bad about Mr. Uh, Mustafa Ali, who, of course, will be taking on Tozawa here tonight on 205 Live in Cleveland, if you will, to see who will face Neville at SummerSlam. Uh, despite the bad arm, Howard Tozawa, Alexander, and Swan did beat Davari, Nice, and TJB here in a pretty good match. Uh, I was surprised Tozawa, despite the bad arm that he injured a few weeks ago, continues to go out there and give it his all. And you've got to give him credit for that, folks. You really do. But I do think, Howard, unless his arm is fully 100% healed by SummerSlam, I think Neville's going to end up winning that and remain the champion. Because right now, I think other than Tozawa, 
maybe challenging him for that belt. The only other person I could see him challenging for that belt, maybe winning the belt off him at some point, unless he decides to keep the champion a little bit longer, is obviously Mustafa Ali. I think him and Hazal right now are the hottest guys right now in the cruiserweight division. I think Cedric Alexander has cooled way, way down, even though he uh, left Alicia Fox a while back. Uh, Tony Nese has gone a little bit bigger, I've noticed, her, but they haven't done too much with him as of late. TJP, however, has, has really lost my interest more and more over the last little while. I think they haven't done much with him in a while. I think his future is pretty much up in the air at this point. And as far as Tavari and Swan, I do think Tavari has done okay so far. I don't think he's done too bad. Swan, I think they've kind of lost a lot of interest in him, and it's a shame because I think uh, Swan next to Neville and Tazawa, I think, are right now the three hottest cruiserweights in the division right now. And it seems like right now they're going to give Tazawa his opportunity to take on Neville here at SummerSlam. Whether or not he defeats him and takes that belt off Neville after six months remains to be seen. Hopefully his arm will be healed by then. But that being said, we'll just have to wait and see. But nevertheless, this was a good six-person cruiserweight matchup, and it served its purpose. It's actually one of the few uh, good spots of last night's show as well. Uh, from there, of course, we went into The Miz TV with Jason Jordan to start Hour 2. And, of course, we had The Miz with his little uh, entourage reveal, Bo Loser Dallas, the Axeman Curtis Axel, and Maurice or as I like to call him, the biggest uh, hosky, the biggest douchebag, and the biggest ass clown this side of the pike. I don't know why they continue to do this whole thing. Of course, Miz went for the cheap heat by ripping on uh, Pittsburgh, of course, and I can't tell you how much I hate this city. Uh, of course, a lot of people weren't very receptive to the Miz because of that, because being seen in Cleveland, of course, you know the rivalry between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Well, Miz, uh, we can say the same about your city, buddy. Uh, your city is not much better to report on. But as far as this whole Miz TV segment with Jason Jordan, for uh, Jason Jordan was questioned by the Miz about uh, his uh, supposed father, Kurt Angle. Of course, Jason Jordan took offense to the Miz and his entourage about this, however, mind you. And uh, Miz said that he better be careful what he wishes for because if he doesn't, however, he'll be in trouble. However, mind you, referring to Jason telling that to the Miz, even though Miz offered, however, a chance to give Jordan a chance to put him into the Miz garage. Of course, Jordan did not want to do that and said, thanks, but I'm okay. Of course, then things came to blows after uh, Jordan then uh, heard Miz run down Kurt Angle. Uh, if you ask me, I thought this was an absolute waste of time. I think this whole storyline has been a waste of time. If you ask me, the Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan thing has not been exciting to me. It's been lackluster. It's been subpar, to say the least, and it just hasn't entertained me one iota. Um, as far as... Um, Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle go. I think this thing is not going to last very long. I think this thing is going to change in the next few weeks, maybe in the next month or two, uh, where I think something's going to be set up where Triple H and Stephanie return and tell uh, Kurt Angle that was set up all along because apparently they wanted to force Kurt Angle out as GM and that they're back in control. At least I hope they don't, but I could see it go that way. At the same time, uh, this was just an absolute waste of space. I think The Miz is a total jackass. I said it many times before, and I'll say it again. The guy's a total ass clown. He's got a hosky for a wife and the French blonde bitch, Maurice. I can't stand Bo freaking Dallas. He's a freaking ass clown. He looks like the freaking um, drama of the entourage group. And, of course, Curtis Axel thinks he's, uh, mind you, the so-called uh, E or turtle of the group. Uh, it just makes me want to gag. And, of course, the Miz thinks he's already gold. He hates Jeremy Piven of the group. Uh, this is just an absolute waste of space. It just goes to show you that Kevin Dunn, the producer of WWE, who uh, our good friend John Gross loves to rip on every week, however, on uh, the Raw Recap, which, by the way, you can check out every week on Facebook.com, G-R-O-H-S, on Facebook.com. He talks about movie fans worldwide 2.0 and WCWS Revolution, however. 
He uh, gives you the breakdown of Monday Night Raw each and every Monday night, just after 11.30 p.m., by the way. Every Monday in here, also on Raw Radio here, every Monday afternoon on the call ID, Wednesday, it's in 4-4-pound. And, of course, on Facebook.com, you can hear John's uh, rants and raves about Raw each and every Monday. But, uh, once again, it just goes to say that Kevin Dunn, uh, Vince McMahon, somewhat second-hand producer, has lost touch with reality. He just continues to show you that he seems to be the most arrogant jackass tool in the entire WWE front office. I think it's time for uh, him to uh, basically give uh, him... Uh, his uh, own pink slip, if you ask me, unless they're uh, hoping to do better things. But right now, he just continues to be an utter uh, fool, if you ask me. I don't know why he's been around this time. And our friend Mr. Patel just said he gets Raw 4 out of 10 rating. Uh, thank you very much, for Mr. Patel. If you have any uh, matches or moments you want to share with us uh, that stuck out for you and ones that did not stick out for you last night, we can read them here on the air right now. So please uh, give us a chance to... Uh, Hear what you have to say about those things here in our chat box, or if you want to give us a call, or anyone wants to give us a call, give us a call right now. We're here until 8 o'clock, or just after 8, 1, 7, 2, 4, 4, 4, 4, 70, 44, call ID 139926-POUND. Um, but getting back to what I was saying about uh, the Miz to Raj, I mean, this is just absolutely a waste of space. I mean, the Miz is another idiot. He's got a French dog wife, however, who barks at him all the time, however, and literally gets up in his face. And now, of course, it's the host, Guy Maurice. And then, of course, you got the two jackass jabroni jobbers who are lucky to even be in the company still in both freaking Dallas and the Axeman Curtis Axeman. These guys are just a waste of space, and this whole uh, gimmick is just a waste of space. But go figure, you know, it just continues to be utter stupid, and this whole segment was pretty stupid, too, if you ask me. Anyway, up next, we had the architect, uh, Seth Rollins, who was confronted by Seamus and Zara earlier in the evening, of course, taking on each other, however, mind you, however, and... Uh, Mr. Patel tells us, I like the Alexa Bliss promo and the six-man tag match with the 205 Life Superstars. I would agree, the 205 Life Superstars did pretty well last night, however, as they gave him some time to work on. That was one of the better matches of the evening, I agree. Uh, I'll talk about Alexa here in just a little bit there, uh, Mr. Patel, and if anything else you want to stick out for us, uh, please let us know. And, of course, if you do not hear, I'm sure you may have heard how there has been discussion about Nakamura and CN Time, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. But uh, getting back to the Rollins, uh, Seamus Cesaro thing, of course, this was okay. Of course, uh, Seth Rollins ended up pinning Seamus before or afterwards. Cesaro and Seamus started booting down Seth Rollins before Dean Ambrose shut up out of nowhere. But then Dean got taken down as well, however, by uh, both Seamus and Cesaro. Uh, some tells me I think we're going to be seeing these four guys at SummerSlam in the tag team uh, title matchup maybe or possibly in Toronto, maybe next week for the tag titles on Monday Night Raw. We'll have to wait and see. But that being said, this was an okay matchup. But again, I just I don't know where they're going with this whole uh, Rollins-Ambrose thing. I think it's time for uh, Dean to fully turn heel. I've been saying this for a while. I think his babyface run has just run its course. I just don't know why they continue to have him as a babyface. He continues to be useless as that. How I think he would be beneficial as a heel. Uh, whether or not that happens before the end of the year or sometime at SummerSlam, we'll have to wait and see in the next few weeks. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. But that being said, that's what I thought of this segment overall. And as far as Seamus and Zara, I mean, they haven't done bad as the tag champs lately, i got to say. But you know what? I think they got to start appearing on TV a little bit more by defending their belts, whether it's against the club, the revival, the Hardys. I mean, the Hardys, I wouldn't say no. But as far as the club or the revival, I think they got to put the belts on the line against one of these teams. Uh, they haven't done much with them since they won the belt, however, mind you, however... Uh, that being said, however, we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the next few weeks. But overall, however, I think they've done okay with the tag belts. Oh, they could be doing a little bit more. And uh, Mr. Patel says the rest of the show is a complete repeat and shit show. 
Uh, I do not get how they put the triple threat match at the middle of the show towards the third hour. I would agree there, Mr. Patel. We're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes, so hang tight. We're going to discuss that, uh, in fact, right now, believe it or not. And that leads me to my point of the night that Mr. Patel just brought up the whole triple threat thing. However, before that, of course, we have Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor get into it with each other. Of course, Bray Wyatt, once again, mocking Finn Balor before Finn Balor uh, came out and knocked out uh, Bray Wyatt. I do think we're going to see Finn Balor's return of the Demon gimmick at SummerSlam. I have a feeling. I think this feud between these two has been good so far, and I would not be surprised if you see an announcement maybe sometime later this week or early next week, maybe, or the following week, that these two will get it on at SummerSlam. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, that being said, of course, we had... Uh, Comments from all three superstars for our big triple threat match that was coming up here towards the end of the second hour going into hour three. Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman. Um, you said you don't get uh, what happened in the middle of the show going into hour three. And this is going to lead me to my high point, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, how he says, rather than the main event match, but they decided to put Big Show versus Big Cass, and that made no sense all as the main event match. I agree that again, Mr. Patel, we're going to talk about that too, so hang tight. If you want to give us a call, please call in. We'd love to hear from you, however, mind you, so uh, please uh, give us your thoughts if you want to. Otherwise, uh, we will talk to you on Revolution, but uh, if you want to give us a call or anyone wants to give us a call, please give us a call right now. Uh, but getting back to the triple threat match, folks, uh, Mr. Patel brings up a very good point. This um, Joe Rain Strowman match, that had Roman go over against both Samoa Joe and Strowman. I do not get that at all. I really don't. As you know, I have had mixed emotions at times of Roman Reigns. And, of course, the fans in Pittsburgh remember what happened the last time Roman Reigns was here in Pittsburgh and the times that he's been here in the past over the years in Pittsburgh by not getting a big response. Once again, Roman Reigns, of course, did not get a great response, as you would imagine, here last night in Pittsburgh. That being said, I don't know why they did not have uh, Braun or even Joe end up winning here. I'm really surprised that Braun did not win this matchup, which he should have, if you ask me. I think they're saving Samoa Joe, however, I think, however, to possibly win the title against Brock at SummerSlam. I can see why they did not go with Joe last night, but I was a little surprised to see Braun not come out with the win and put down Roman once again last night. It did not make any sense for Roman to win this matchup, and it should not have happened. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Go figure, you know. Uh, that being said, however, this was a pretty good match, but again, I just thought it was ridiculous that the WWE went that route and said, okay, let's put Roman as our victor here and piss off every fan in the process. Well, guess what? Mission accomplished, guys. You did just do that last night, so there you go. Uh, speaking of which, of course, up next, of course, we had one of the few cheesy segments of the evening, however, and that was Elias uh, Sampson, the hometown boy, taking on Kalisto, making his first appearance on Raw in quite some time. Uh, something I did not know, however, believe it or not, and this is actually very true, ladies and gentlemen, that Elias Sampson is from my hometown of Pittsburgh. I never knew that until last night as I found his information after the show on Wikipedia.com, and uh, I found out that in real life he is actually from Pittsburgh. And, of course, as a result, however, he uh, ran down Pittsburgh and called him garbage. And it gets worse every time he's in the city of Pittsburgh, however, whenever he comes home. Of course, the fans were not very, very receptive to him. Uh, that being said, however, I am totally disgusted with this scuzz bag. I think he's a total Nimrod douche. I think he's a clown. I think he's an absolute arrogant narcissistic tool. And I'm like Corey Graves. I am not a fan of this guy at all, of course, as a result. He took on uh, Kalisto, if you will, of course, which I'm really surprised Kalisto's still even around in the roster. I'm surprised they even put him over on 205 Live yet, which I think he should be over there with the other Cruiserweights, if you ask me. Nevertheless, this was an okay um, 
match, but again, it wasn't anything to write home about, if you ask me. And then, of course, we go backstage once again, and this time, of course, uh, we uh, have the announcement that comes forward with Big Show and Cass, of course, uh, getting into it with uh, each other later in the evening after Enzo uh, confronted Big Show and told him he was sorry for what happened the week before, and he didn't mean to drag Big Show into the middle of it. Big Show looked like he was ready to hit him, but then, of course, he told him how it's okay. He didn't mean it. And he understood where uh, Enzo was coming from, and he would take care of uh, Big Cass from tonight. So go figure. I was a little surprised to see that happen. Uh, from there, of course, we then went backstage further and had another interview, this time with uh, Little Miss Bitch Bliss herself, the women's champion, Alexa Bliss, the five-foot goddess, or as I like to call her, the five-foot uh, total uh, uh, goober, if you will, because she is a goober. As a result, Bliss says she was happy because she's dominated Bailey in the past and also denied intentionally being counted out in a matchup uh, against Sasha Banks at Great Balls of Fire. Um, getting back to uh, Alexa for a minute, however, folks, uh, my thoughts about her, I mean, haven't changed at all. I mean, I have totally been a total Alexa hater since the very beginning. I continue to be an Alexa hater. I mean, some of you may like her, some of you might like her. Again, your opinions vary, and I'm entitled to my opinion too. But i got to tell you what, her, she has done nothing. Nothing at all except for maybe taking on Sasha Banks at Great Balls of Fire since winning that title from Bailey back in May. I mean, if you ask me, I thought she got lucky by screwing over Bailey in her hometown and stealing the title away from Bailey, however, at SummerSlam. I do think come SummerSlam, however, if she's in a matchup with either Bailey, Sasha Banks, or even the monster Nia Jax, which we'll talk about in just a second, however, I think Alexa's going to be in way over her head. I mean, she thinks she's this great champion blonde goddess by becoming the first ever Raw and SmackDown Women's Champions. Well, that's fine and dandy, Alexa. Don't get me wrong. You can be proud of that fact, Howard, and I give you props for that. But at the end of the day, you better hope, Howard, you have your A-game ready, honey, because I'll tell you right now, you're going to have three girls that are going to be coming for your head at SummerSlam, whether it's uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, who definitely wants a piece of your hide, especially after what you did to her the last few months, Howard, by embarrassing her time and time again with her friends and family, as well as everyone else of uh, the WWE audience with uh, your arrogant, narcissistic attitude. And, of course, your so-called BFF, or your new buddy, if you will, Nia Jax, who I think is going to absolutely show no mercy on you by squashing you like a bug and absolutely playing you right there in the middle of the Barclays Center and taking away your title. Because I'll tell you right now, I think Nia Jax is going to take that title from you at SummerSlam if, in fact, that Nia enters the Fatal 4-Way and goes after the belt, whether it's against you, Alexa, Sasha Banks, or even my girl, Bailey. Because I'll tell you right now, I think they continue to miss the boat with... Uh, Nia Jax, if you ask me, uh, mind you. Uh, that being said, folks, of course, that led us to our semi-main event, if you will, which turned out to be uh, Bailey versus Nia Jax. As a result, Bailey ended up beating Nia Jax by count before Alexa showed up power and tried to sneak attack her, referring to Bailey. Unfortunately, Bailey saw it coming. As a result, Jax then was ready to go after Bailey. However, after seeing this happen, however, Bailey sidestepped her, and then, of course, Bailey got right back in the ring before the count hit 10, and Jax, of course, basically hit into the steel steps and was counted out as a result of this. Uh, afterwards, of course, Nia Jax, of course, was not very happy, as you can imagine, how and Alexa tried to reason with her, but, of course, uh, Nia did not want to hear it from Alexa, and I'll tell you right now, like I said earlier, I think Nia is going to absolutely show no mercy on Little Miss Bliss herself, or as I like to call her, Little Miss Bitch herself, how at SummerSlam, and she's going to hurt her and hurt her back, as I think Alexa's time, as far as champion goes, is going to be coming to an end very, very soon. 
And from there, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our main event, Howard, which was absolutely pathetic in more ways than one, of course. It was the big slow, of course, with his new friend Enzo Amore taking on Big Cass. This ended up going only five minutes long because Enzo apparently attacked his one-time buddy, however, Enzo and Cass, however, Big Cass, however, blindsided him, causing the big show to get disqualified. As a result, however, afterwards, Cass then took out Enzo before the show got up to his feet, and then Cass knocked him, got knocked out by the big show. As a result, however, mind you, both men then went down on the mat, however, totally uh, acting like fools and selling it afterwards, however. And as the show came to an end, show's music played to the crowd to close out the show. Uh, overall, again, i got to say that this show was an absolute disaster. This was a total cluster mess in every sense of the word. And I'll talk more about this uh, coming up here tonight on Revolution here at 9 o'clock, uh, beginning at 9 uh, but, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, however, I have to give this show a 3 out of 10. I thought this show was an absolute waste. I thought the best match of the night, as much as I hate to say it, even though I did not like the ending, how it was the triple threat. Like Mr. Patel said, I would agree with him there. Uh, the other match that I thought was somewhat okay, not really bad last night, was the uh, affair involving the Cruiserweights. But as far as the worst matches of the night go, I hate to say it, I think the women's match was a joke last night in the way it ended, however. And I would definitely say the main event was also bad as well. Uh, so that being said, folks, we'll have to wait and see what happens coming up tonight here on SmackDown in just a little bit in Cleveland. Uh, before we go on, ladies and gentlemen, a quick reminder, this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, beginning at 4 p.m., you can check out the Power Hour. Mr. WCW and myself will go over the past week's shows and the downloads and tell you how many people listen to our shows. Of course, the caller ID is 141364-POUND. Uh, okay, Mr. Patel, you said you got all your points in the chat box, so that's good for now. It's going to talk about anything else uh, non-wrestling related. Uh, we got a few minutes to talk about that. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. And if you want to make any non-wrestling points, uh, please feel free to uh, share your thoughts about that. Uh, we'd like to hear some uh, non-viewpoints here of wrestling if you want to discuss that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as well. But a uh, quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as I said, you can check out the Power Hour coming up this uh, week, ladies and gentlemen, however. And, of course, that'll be underway at 4 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, and, of course, that'll be a very interesting show coming up this Saturday. Also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we will have our Triple Stacker Wednesday begin for you live, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one, as it'll get underway at 6.30 p.m. Mr. WCW and I will talk about the latest music, politics, movies, and other sorts of goodies, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one. That, of course, will be very, very interesting to watch, of course, in, say the least. We will be talking about uh, coming up... Uh, that tomorrow night, and the caller ID is 141387, and of course that gets underway at 6.30 p.m. We also have a trivia contest for you, ladies and gentlemen, that will be very, very interesting. Be sure to check that out tomorrow night on uh, Outside the Ropes. Then at 8 o'clock, Tony Gerard, Michelle, myself, and the rest of the gang, however, for wrestling debate, we will have a lot to talk about, I'm sure, of course, more talk, I'm sure, about SummerSlam, as well as SmackDown and this past week's Raw, and some other things going on in the world of pro wrestling, whether it be ROH, TNA, aka Global Force Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling and all sorts of goodies. Howard, just beginning after eight o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. The caller ID is one three nine nine two five pound. That'll be tomorrow night. Gerard, Michelle, myself, and the rest of the gang on Wrestling Debate here on Talkshoe. And then at nine o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, we will have another edition of Revolution for you. Talking about tonight's SmackDown tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, beginning at nine p.m. Of course, the same format goes as far as that goes every day. However, and um, you're asking uh, me a question now, Mr. Patel, however, that's historical, however. Uh, my thoughts on this date in history back in 1936 that uh, 
former German uh, leader and famous uh, ruthless dictator Adolf Hitler opening up the Olympic Games, Olympic Games in Berlin. Uh, what are my thoughts on about that? Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Patel, to ask, answer your question. I have not seen the movie Race about the Jesse Owens story, however, uh, mind you, however. And you said he was a debating individual that some people even hated and respected. That's very true. Uh, but getting back to what I was saying, uh, my thoughts about the 11th Olympic Games uh, that happened back there in 1936 in uh, Germany. Uh, very unique, i got to say. Very, very unique. And, of course, I was talking about Jesse Owens just a few minutes ago. Uh, I have not seen the movie Race yet. However, the Jesse Owens story, but I did hear, is a very, very good movie. Uh, i got to say, back then, at the time when it happened, however, uh, very, very controversial, I have to say. Very, very, as I said, unique in a way. Jesse Owens, of course, uh, broke a lot of records, of course, in those games back in 1936. And, of course, a lot of people respected and admired him here in the United States and beyond, except for a few places. Uh, nevertheless, how we're talking about the Olympics, of course, last night, it was announced, in case you did not hear, ladies and gentlemen, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday on Talk Show, uh, uh, Raw Radio, uh, it was announced last night, uh, at 8 o'clock last night, I should say, that the 2024 Games, of course, will be held, however, mind you, however, will be held in Paris, and the 2028 Games, for the third time in its history, and for the first time since 1984, will be held in the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. Yes, folks, the City of L.A. will be hosting the Olympics again coming up in 2028. Ladies and gentlemen, in 2024, the City of Paris will be hosting the Games once again. But I'll tell you what, uh, that being said, folks, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens when those Games come in the next five to ten years. You can bet on that. But as I said, uh, my thoughts on the Games of 1936, I've made my statement and comments about that, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, nevertheless, however... Talking about the city of L.A., of course, another thing, non-wrestling related, talking about the city of L.A., in case you did not hear yesterday, the L.A. Dodgers, uh, probably the hottest team in baseball and on the team who I think will win the World Series this year, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, because I think they might be the best team in baseball right now. Acquired former Texas Rangers pitcher Hugh Darvish, of course, who was in the final year of his six-year, $60 million contract, paying him $10 million a year. Of course, I do think after the season, depending on what he does with L.A. in the next few months, however, and leading the Dodgers hopefully to the World Series and maybe the title, I would not be surprised if he gets an extension on his contract with L.A. or some other team, whether it be New York or whatever, but I do think the L.A. Dodgers will re-sign him after the season. I think he's one of the most underrated pitchers in the major leagues. Uh, I am really surprised that the Dodgers went all-in for him, unlike the Cubs, however, who won the World Series last year, but I'm glad the Dodgers ended up getting him. Uh, they also got Tony Watson of the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, yesterday for two minor league prospects. Uh, our former middle relief setup guy here in Pittsburgh, of course, after seven years, has left us. Uh, so no big loss there. However, we did want get Joaquin Benoit, a 40-year-old, uh, $7 million pitcher who's been bouncing around from team to team from teams like Philly, Seattle, and Toronto. Uh, whether or not he will be good or not, that remains to be seen. Uh, but uh, getting rid of Tony Watson as a middle relief slash uh, closer for the Pirates Tower after seven years, I think it was well-deserved, uh, even though I hate to say he means spirit about that. I think he hasn't done much here in the last few years as far as the closer goes in Pittsburgh. And I'm speaking of Pittsburgh, they are losing tonight right now, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering, 5-1 to one in the last of the second. The Cincinnati Reds jumped after uh, Jameson Taylor uh, in the second inning with four straight runs. Uh, and as a result, it has not been a good night so far for the Pirates. Of course, the Pirates are right now entering the night, however, three games below 500 and four games above 500 at home as far as wins go, while the Reds begin the night, however, 18 games below 500, however, for the season away, and 19 games uh, 
below 500 for the night. So hopefully the Pirates can turn around here before the night's over, but if not, however, the Pirates will then drop to four games below 500 and six games out of first place um, heading into tomorrow. But right now they are in the top of the third inning. Right now they've just gone to the top of the third inning, I should say, excuse me. And at this point, uh, Cincinnati is leading our Pittsburgh Pirates here in Pittsburgh 5-1. Speaking of baseball, some other trades yesterday, in case you did not hear, uh, Francisco Liriano, the former Pirate and Toronto Blue Jays, went to the Houston Astros. Of course, the other big deal yesterday, Sonny Gray, the former Oakland Athletics big starting pitcher, has uh, been traded to the New York Yankees. And I'll tell you what, even though I'm not a Yankee fan, folks, I'll tell you what, the Yankees have just gone significantly better with this arm. I think he is one of the most underrated pitchers in the entire American League. Uh, not to say Justin Verlander is up there with him, but I'll tell you right now, I think there's a lot of better pitchers out there, uh, better pitchers out there than Sonny Gray in the American League. I mean, I can put up guys like, say, I just mentioned Verlander, obviously, of course, and a couple other guys. But right now, I think with the addition of Sonny Gray in New York, I think the Yankees have a very good chance, uh, barring any personal injury, barring any personal setback, especially with their big bats of Aaron Judge and others. However, I think they have a chance to maybe go back to the World Series for the first time in a long time this year. I think they could challenge L.A. possibly for the World Series this year. That's how confident I think these two teams are right now. I think these two teams might be the two best teams in both leagues, however. And if anyone wants to disagree with me and anyone wants to share their thoughts, you're entitled to. We'll be here for another few minutes. Or if not, you can always I'll leave a comment on my Facebook uh, wall or on my cell phone. I'll be sure to get back to you on those. But uh, that being said, I think right now you're looking at the two best teams right now that could be making a big run in October, however, with the additions that they got yesterday. Of course, L.A. with Hugh Darvish and, of course, Sonny Gray in New York. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I'll tell you right now, I think these two teams are definitely exciting to watch. Uh, coming up here, and just uh, less than, uh, uh, another thing I'm going to talk about real quick, and I'm going to get my point across, and unless Mr. Patel wants to share his thoughts on this uh, subject or anyone else wants to share their subject, wants to share their matter on the subject, uh, I'm definitely going to talk a little bit of college football here quickly. Uh, as far as who I think this year are the teams to watch out for in the to- uh, college football, obviously, of course, once again, you cannot overlook Alabama and Nick Saban. I think they're going to be back with a purpose after losing Clemson last year to Sean Watson, even though Watson is no longer with the team. However, I do think Clemson could be a team to watch out for again this year, led by their coach Dabo Sweeney. Uh, I do think Jimbo Fisher and uh, Derwin James and Florida State are going to make a serious run at that ACC crown. Uh, USC and Sam Darnold and uh, the Trojans, who beat Penn State last year in the Rose Bowl, which was a very great Rose Bowl game last January, of course, I think are also going to be in contention this year. Uh, Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield, I think, has a good chance to make some noise in the uh, top ten, even though they don't have Bob Stoops no more. Uh, unfortunately, I do think the uh, Sooners could be a team to watch out for this coming season. Uh, but I'll tell you, uh, everyone's going to talk about uh, Ohio State, obviously, Urban Meyer, J.T. Barrett, and they're going to be a good team, I agree. Uh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, I think they're going to be solid as well. And Penn State, I think they have another good season ahead of them, barring injuries from our uh, Trace McSorley, their starting QB, and, of course, Saquon Barkley, their big running back. I think James Franklin has a good team coming back this season. Uh, the three or four teams I want to talk about that really uh, right now I think are in big trouble, and I do stress the word big, big trouble this season, however, uh, could be these ones. And I know a lot of people are thinking, what am I thinking? I'm going to say, what are you thinking? What are you smoking? Well, this is what I think uh, these teams are going to be on the uh, – Verge of possibly maybe being in some big time, uh, like I said, big time trouble this season. 
Uh, first off, however, uh, one of the teams I do think that could be in trouble this year could be the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. I, I really do. After uh, last year, unfortunately, only winning four games out of 12, however, I think Brian Kelly, unless he turns it around this season, however, I do think, even though he just got that new extension a couple of years ago in South Bend, however, to stay with Notre Dame for the next six years, however, I do think uh, his seat is starting to get a lot hot in South Bend, to say the least. And I do think, um, like I said, I do think uh, he is in some big-time trouble uh, there in South Bend. Unless he turns it around this season, I think he could be as good as gone. Uh, Kevin Sumlin of Texas A&M, the Aggies. I do think, however, that the Aggies of uh, A&M, however, and their head coach, Kevin Sumlin, however, are in big-time trouble, uh, to say the least, however. I think uh, the Aggies, they're uh, put up a good fight this year. Otherwise, they're going to be on their way uh, heading uh, down the old uh, crapper, if you will, and possibly also at the same time seeing their uh, coach out of a job as well. Um, as far as a couple people who I think uh, this year could uh, maybe make a serious run at the Heisman, uh, I'll tell you, I'm looking at the list right now, besides J.T. Baird and Saquon Barkley, who I just mentioned, a couple of, and a couple other guys who I think could make a serious run this year at QB, uh, maybe or could be winning the Heisman this year, could be uh, Sam Darnold, who had a pretty good year last year, throwing 29 touchdown passes during uh, USC's nine-game winning streak. I think he has a chance to maybe make some noise this year. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman last year, Louisville. I don't think he's going to be the first guy since Archie Griffin to go back-to-back unless he has a big year. Uh, Jake Browning from the University of Washington, who led his team to face the Alabama Crimson Tide last year in a bowl game before getting spanked. However, might have a breakout year, I feel. But I'll tell you, the guy who I think is going to have a really, really strong year, however, and this is the guy who I think could be a big-time sleeper. I know a lot of people are going to say, uh, you n- I've never heard of this guy. Well, guess what? I heard about this guy last year, however, and I read a lot about him so far this past spring and summer, however. I think he has a good chance of making some strong noise this year, and that is Quinton Flowers from the University of Southwood. I think this guy, after throwing for 18 touchdowns last year, excuse me, 24 touchdowns and rushing for 18 more a year ago, I think the University of Southwood could really surprise some people this year, however, with their new head coach, however, uh, Charlie Strong, who left Texas, of course, after getting the boot there, however, and heading down to the Sunshine State in Tampa, if you will, as uh, looking to turn around that South Florida Bull program. And I'll tell you right now, however, after not doing much there at the University of Texas the last three years and seeing uh, Tom Herman take his job, however, away from him, however, I think right now you're looking at maybe probably one of the most top five, if not one of the top three coaches, I think, this year that could really, really be a guy that could be a dark horse as far as coach of the year goes. I think Clint Flowers and Charlie Strong could both be coach and player of the year in the NCAA this year, barring any issues, barring any personal problems. I think that South Florida might be one of the top 20, if not one of the top 15 teams by the end of this year, barring anything else. And I think right now you got to take a look at those guys, uh, possibly as maybe being the top guys uh, in all of college football. But again, folks, we'll have to wait and see. Again, college football is practice starting this week. This past week, a lot of people have started practice starting. High schools will be starting soon, as you know it. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. So, folks, we'll be talking more about this in the coming weeks ahead. However, of course, we'll be uh, listing some of the big games to watch here, maybe possibly next week, some of the big games that will be very exciting to watch here this season. I'll give you my list of the top ten games. I think that will be exciting to watch, maybe even tomorrow night on, possibly outside the ropes or even here on the same show next week. We'll have to wait and see. 
So on that note, folks, we'll definitely be checking back in with you here in just a little bit. I do want to thank my good friend, Mr. Patel, for stopping in tonight. I do want to thank all of you for listening in here for episode number 85. It's been a great show. As always, of course, do not forget we'll be back here at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. Gerard and I will have your news headlines for you as well as the latest updates of anything else that comes afoot. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is uh, the Iceman Jody Jones saying so long for now. We will talk to you again here in just a little bit. We hope you have a good rest of your early evening, and we'll be checking you out on the flip side in a little while. Have a good night, everyone, and enjoy SmackDown, and enjoy that big Nakamura Cena match, and let me know what you think about it by leaving me a message either on my Facebook wall or on my cell phone. You have the number on either one of those, too. So, folks, this is the Iceman talking to, saying right now, talk, saying so long from ringside, and we'll talk to you later on this evening. Have a good night, everyone, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Good night, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.